Hey everybody, I totally missed my goal of posting an extra episode this month. I guess that was just the April Fool's joke to myself, and a vast overestimation of my capabilities. Anyway, moving on, I'm so excited to be back and posting today on schedule. Previously, I talked about the Las Vegas of my childhood, the amusement parks, the free shows, the exhibits that were designed to attract a family-friendly crowd. In this installment, I want to talk about a more recent visit I took to Las Vegas in 2019 with a friend, and how it was the same, and how it was very, very different. Even when we were planning the trip back in uh, 2019, I considered it a nostalgia tour. Comparing my childhood memories to the internet, I knew that most of the attractions that I had loved in my 90s childhood had been shut down, moved, or completely built over. But I was still very excited. The plan was a quick Vegas weekend to catch two Cirque du Soleil shows, which were both amazing, by the way. This episode isn't about those shows particularly, but highly recommend. They were wonderful. Um, So we went to see the shows and to see what we could see. The local airport had a red-eye weekend trip, which included a very early Friday flight, something like 6 a.m., and a late, late Sunday flight. I think it left at 11.30 or something ridiculous like that. Even just driving from the airport to our hotel, we took the shuttle, was very different from my childhood Vegas. For one thing, this time around, I noticed the strip joints, marijuana dispensaries, and tattoo parlors that lived just off the strip. Um, That piece of land just looked grungy uh, and tired in a way that the lights and the glamour of the strip proper don't. And as we went through, I thought, this is where you go to make bad decisions when you're already drunk. It was an interesting start to the trip. Vegas is full of glitz and glam. It's light and noise, and it's very fake. But the thing is, it's incredibly real, too. Take the Luxor for an example. The Luxor Hotel is giant, and it is a pyramid. It is shaped like a pyramid. Um, It is all glass. It has a light at the top that's so bright at night that you can actually see it from space. Very cool. But it is not one of the pyramids of Giza. It is not made of stone. It's not thousands of years old. But the thing is, it really is a gigantic pyramid. It really is a structure that is unique, that stands in your full view and says, look at me, I am here, I exist. Like so many things in Vegas, it is very fake, uh, but it is completely real too. That feeling was everywhere. The Excalibur is really shaped like a castle. Uh, New York, New York captures the skyline. Again, these are, these are imitations, but they're good imitations. Good, varying levels of good, right? Take all of this with a grain of salt and personal opinion, but they're good imitations. The feeling was everywhere, but 
it struck me the most at the Venetian. Um, my friend and I wandered around. We walked a lot of places and took the bus. And I think the Venetian was the place that we actually walked through their mall um, pretty carefully. Now, the Venetian is not Venice. It's, you know, 1,500 years younger, smaller, not made of ancient stone. Um, generally, it smells better, right? Uh, I had the opportunity to spend a weekend in Venice one time, and I spent a little time in the big square, but I also wandered those narrow streets and breathed in the air, and there is nothing like it. But let me tell you, the Venetian is the closest I've been to Venice since I was there. It may not be Venice, but it's closer than anything else. There's canals, there's gondola rides, there's winding halls, there's people trying to sell you, sell you stuff, right? It's different, uh, but it's also profoundly the same. That same trip when I went to Venice, like the actual Venice, um, I also went to Rome and I was able to take a tour of the Vatican. Now, I don't know if you knew this, but the Vatican is basically seven museums crammed under one roof. And what I remember outside of like finally sitting in the restaurant and getting off my feet and going, oh, it's really lame to be grateful to be in the restaurant right now. Um, the thing I remember most about the Vatican and other places in Europe were the ceilings. Every room's ceiling is a piece of art on par with anything hanging on the walls. You look up and you see flowers and scenes and it's, it's just amazing. We don't live in a world where you look up. Maybe in a church or a government building, there might be some fancy artwork or some kind of cool shape. Uh, but generally, the world that we live in is simple. It's not designed over hundreds of years to stand for thousands. It's, it's transient in a way that I don't think that we think about very much, nor do we need to, but we don't think about it. Do me a favor. Look up. If you're inside, is it, is it white? Maybe some wood trim? Maybe some of those sticky stars that glow in the dark if you're feeling very adventurous. In the Venetian, when you look up, the ceilings are a riot of color. Not industrial, like the halls that we're used to. Not either painted by old masters in their retinues either, but bright and rich and riotous. Every inch of Las Vegas, at, at least right on the strip, where everyone's trying to attract the tourists with the, the glamour and the glitz, it's eye-catching. It's full of life, even if that is, that is artificial. Other words I'd use to describe it would be fantastical, imaginative, and strange. It's not real the way we think of Europe of history, of monuments, but it's real just the same. And for millions of people who will never see Giza 
or Venice or Rome. It's not as fake as it could be. My friend and I wandered around and enjoyed the lights, enjoyed the day, found a bench and just sat kind of near the Parisian. And and it was good. It was also kind of an introvert's nightmare and both of us are introverts. So if I went again, I, I'd want a plan, um, but I, I don't know what that plan would be, but I'd, I'd want one. But it was amazing and grand. And the reality of the place struck me time and time again. And another interesting example. So my friend and I got sucked into a timeshare presentation, which don't, don't do it. Like we got a quote unquote free show and some gambling money and it was like fun, but oh my gosh, guys, I almost got a timeshare and <laughs> that would have been terrible in a lot of ways. I would have had to just go and live in a timeshare because I would have had no other money. Um, but we went to the presentation and got a free show. Free, right? Uh, and it was a magician show. And it was kind of short, maybe an hour. And it had a lot of tricks in it. The the presenter, I don't even remember his name anymore. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. He ran through so many of the magic tricks. And the thing is, the magic was real. You know, people getting cut in half, card tricks. But without the context, without the setup without the patter, it, it felt hollow. And that's, that's Vegas too, a little bit. There's substance there, but sometimes the push to sell, the push to have the lights and the action and the what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, all of that can also wipe out the sheer reality of it. When I went to Vegas as an adult this last time, it was nothing like the Vegas of my childhood, but it was also still the Vegas of my childhood. The most fantastical, strange, unique, creative place that I've ever been. Again, I would, I would go back again I would want a plan to survive. I'd also bring a lot of snacks. This last time, um, I brought one bag, large bag of uh, cereal, and my friend kind of rolled her eyes, and then we ate it for three days in a row. So uh, bring snacks, avoid timeshares, and take a moment to enjoy what is real about the space and let go sometimes of the noise. That's it, guys. That was my experience of Vegas. Thanks for coming back for part two. And as always, thank you for listening.